We continue our series breaking down Arizona State Sun Devils Pac-12 schedule for the 2022 season, taking a look at the UCLA Bruins as they come and visit the Sun Devils in Tempe. This, of course, is the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. Locked on Sun Devils, your daily podcast on the Arizona State Sun Devils. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And we're back, a dinosaur story. This is the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. My name is Richie Bradshaw. As always, I will be your guide for everything Arizona State Sun Devils. Thank you guys so much for making us your first listen of the day. Remember, we're free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. If you want to check us out on a visual platform, but no matter what, wherever you do get those podcasts, make sure you hit like and subscribe. And also turn on those notifications so you get an update every time we post new content, which is Monday through Friday. To stay in touch with everything that we're putting together, make sure that you're following me on Twitter at RichieBrad36 and follow the podcast as well at LO underscore Sun Devils. Quick little housekeeping note for you guys. This episode is pre-recorded for uh, Friday's episode. So the NAU game coverage will still be coming out on the, on the Twitter page. You guys will have noticed that yesterday during the game. And the breakdown and recap of everything will come on the Monday episode. So stay tuned for all of that. Also, this episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more odds, props, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. Let's go ahead and get started with today's conversation, which is taking a look at the UCLA Bruins. Coming down to 10 P later this year for the Arizona State Sun Devils. Now, last season, ASU was able to pull off the upset against UCLA and actually went into Pasadena, won in the what's it called? The Rose Bowl, and was able to again, they they pulled off a pretty nice upset. UCLA at the time was number 20 in the nation. They won 42 to 23. I mean, it was a, it was a really good victory for the team. Jaden Daniels was outstanding in the game. Ricky Pearsall had gone off. I remember there was like plenty of big plays from Pearsall. Uh, Rashad White scored two touchdowns. There were three touchdowns total on the ground. And the defense really came alive as well, registering four sacks. And yeah, just suffocating everything that UCLA was trying to do against Arizona State. Of course, Dorian Thompson-Robinson, the quarterback for UCLA, remains the story of that game and remains the story of the Bruins for the season. So let's go ahead and take a look at the offense first. Now, again, Dorian Thompson-Robinson is where this conversation needs to start. This guy, I I don't know how NFL circles feel about him, but I do know that Pac-12 circles feel that this is a top five quarterback in the conference, maybe even a little bit better. I think the only guys I would place ahead of him right now would be Cameron Rising and Caleb Williams. Other than that, I mean, I would take him over uh, Bo Nix up in Oregon. I think I would take him ahead of the guy at Oregon State whose name is escaping me at the moment. I would take him over the new kid at Wazoo, and I would take him over Jaden Delora down at U of A. Definitely take him over Emery. Dorian Thompson Robinson is just an outstanding player and he's truly grown 
throughout his career at UCLA, now going into his fifth and more than likely final season with the team. I believe he is using his COVID year this year, so that would make it his final year. But what makes him so dangerous is he's gotten better as a passer, but he is a dynamic runner and like rivaled Jaden Daniels last year for one of the best mobile quarterbacks in the Pac-12. He ran for 609 yards and nine touchdowns on the ground with a whopping 4.7 yards per carry, despite the fact that he was he was sacked a handful of times too. So a very, very impressive resume and player that Dorian Thompson-Robinson is. The, the, the Bruins are going to go as far as he's going to take them, and the good news for them is he's going to take them to a minimum of eight wins this year. If the over-under is set at eight and a half, I'm not going to lie. I, I think I would take the over. I don't know how confidently I would take it, but... I'm pretty sure I would take the over. This is a very good UCLA team, especially on offense, which isn't a surprise when you're coached by the legendary Chip Kelly and the Bruins offense had just taken a little bit to become accustomed to the way that Kelly likes to run his offenses. And last year they took off and they were one of the teams that just completely would outscore you in the first quarter. And unfortunately were not able to hold on to enough leads, which is something we'll talk about when we get to the defensive side of this. The toughest thing for this offense is they have a lot of replacing to do. They lost their top two receivers a year ago in the form of uh, wide receiver Kyle Phillips and tight end uh, Greg Dolchik. I feel like I butchered that. Uh, Phillips coming off the year where he actually paced the team in receiving yards with 739, also paced the team in receptions with 59, and paced the team in touchdowns with 10. Greg Dolchik behind him still managed 42 catches for 725 yards and five touchdowns. The tight end had 17.3 yards per reception. They are both in the NFL now. And then number two running back, Britton Brown, is also gone to the NFL after his eligibility had officially expired with the program. They're, they got a lot of reloading to do. The offensive line is also going through some changes with Sean Ryan departing for the NFL as well. It It is truly a lot of talent and proven guys that they have to replace. That's your number one receiver, your number one tight end, and your number one tackle, a and one of your running backs. The good news is the other running back who's coming back is Zach Charbonnet, who might be the best running back in the Pac-12. Coming off a season where he rushed for 1,137 yards, 13 touchdowns, and still managed to tack on another 24 catches for 197 yards. He was just as dynamic as they come, and he's a big dude. 6'1", 220 pounds, going into his senior season for the UCLA Bruins. He's got NFL draft type. I think I've seen him as high as running back two behind uh, B. John Robinson in Texas, which no one should be touching B. John. But yeah, Charbonnet is a very, very good football player. And in an offense that Chip Kelly runs where they're just dynamic on the ground and focus so much on setting everything up through a power run game that'll tire out defenses and open up things down the field. When you've got Charbonnet and you've got Dorian Thompson-Robinson in the same backfield together, that is a lot of problems that you are causing for opposing, uh, opposing, opposing defenses, I should say. Keegan Jones, for what it's worth, is also going to be on this team. Uh, last year, he carried the ball 26 times for 66 yards, only two and a half yards per carry, but he also was just kind of buried on that depth chart. 
he is likely going to be expected to be the running back two for this roster and contribute a pretty large role for the team. Uh, they've got a couple of new guys coming in on the offense, in, including uh, Jake Bobo at wide receiver, coming from uh, Duke. Six foot five, two hundred and fifteen pound receiver is going to be a great post up option in the back of the end zone for Dorian Thompson Robinson, who is an effective passer, had twenty one touchdowns to six interceptions last year. That should be able to continue for him as he just gets better and better as a passer each year. He is truly developed as a as a very good quarterback and not just a college quarterback NFL or a, a college quarterback and anymore, but potentially an NFL quarterback. Like he is just a very, very good football player. And like I said earlier, UCLA is going to go as far as DTR is going to take them. And the good news for them is he's going to take them pretty far. He is a, he is as good a player as you're going to find in the entire PAC 12 conference. They, are just are they're they're primed to be another great offensive team. Defensively is a different story, but we'll go ahead and talk about that in the second segment here. We're going to hop into our first break and when we return, we'll pick it up where we left off going over the defensive side of the ball for the UCLA Bruins. This is the Locked On Sun Devils podcast. Are you one of those people who thinks it's okay to drive stoned? What's the worst that can happen? You end up driving below the speed limit. It's no big deal, right? Wrong. The truth is your reaction times are slowed way down when you're high. Not only are you putting yourself in danger, but you're also putting everyone around you in danger. Talk about a buzzkill. Stop kidding yourself. It's not okay to drive high. If you've been using marijuana in any form, do not get behind the wheel. If you feel different, you drive different. Drive high, get a DUI. As always, thank you guys so much for making us your first listen of the day. This podcast is free and available on all platforms. Back to our conversation here, looking at the UCLA Bruins defense now. This is a team, uh, me and Spencer McLaughlin talked about this on the Thursday edition of the podcast. So you guys should definitely go back and give it a listen. It's a really long podcast, very detailed. Spencer knows everything about the Pac-12, which makes sense since he is the host of the Locked On Pac-12 podcast. But he was breaking down everything he knows about Chip Kelly. And one of the biggest issues of the Chip Kelly-led football teams, which dates back to Oregon as well, is the offense moves so fast that the defense is just constantly tired. And regardless of any talent that may be on the defensive side of the ball, it is incredibly difficult to be able to maintain any kind of consistency as well as the uh, stamina and stability of the team when you're constantly tired and running around the football field, which is exactly what's going on with UCLA, they're not getting breaks. The offense is moving the ball too fast. And by the time the defense gets on the field, they're gassed and it's not their fault. It's, it, 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 it's, not, it's not a bad thing that the offense is putting up points, but it is a bad thing that you're placing your defense in a position to start getting their butt kicked. Re again, regardless of any talent, you could have five stars at every position and the defense is still going to get tired and give up chunk plays. It's just the nature of the game. And that's what happened to them last year is, again, while they were outscoring opponents in the first quarter, the defense just was not able to hold teams back and ultimately was giving up leads that ended up resulting in losses for UCLA. I mean, they had played a very good game against Arizona State 
And unfortunately, they just were too tired because of that offense that it led to big plays by Ricky Pearsall in the passing game. It led to three touchdowns on the ground for Arizona State. They were just able to dictate the pace of the game because UCLA was doing things way too fast. Unfortunately for them, that could be more or less the story of the year again this year. I really like the offense. The defense, not so much. They were one of the more below average defenses in the Pac-12 last year. I don't know if too much has changed on that side of the ball to really give me hope that this is going to be a better unit. Uh, Quentin Lake, their leading interception leader from a year ago, is no longer with the team. He had three interceptions. He also had 53 uh, tackles on the team. He's no longer there. Uh, Jay Shaw, their number two defensive back, transferred to Wisconsin. Uh, Detona Jackson will be... Oh, he's also gone. He ran out of eligibility. So uh, a lot of your interception leaders from a year ago are gone. That's a lot of turnovers. On the on the pass rushing side of things, you will have Bo Calvert back, who led the team with four sacks a year ago, also tacked on uh, seven and a half tackles for loss, which was second on the team behind, um, I hope I pronounce this right, uh, Qu- uh, Quantrez Knight, who unfortunately has also run out of eligibility and is not with the team anymore. He had eight and a half a year ago. There's a lot of replacing to do, and it's going to be incredibly difficult for them because this already is a team that was challenged. Uh, Mitchell Agude also transferred. One of their leading linebackers uh, in tackles a year ago tied with uh, Jordan Gamark Heath, who ran out of eligibility. There's so much different stuff going on on the defensive side of the ball. It's not going to be an easy year for them. Now, the good news is they were able to bring in some intriguing guys on the defensive side of the ball, including Darius uh, uh, Masao, I think is how you say that. Uh, Masao is definitely going to be one of the more important uh, pass rushers for his team, uh, hitting the 100 tackle mark a year ago and coming from, I believe, West Virginia, something like that. Uh, Maybe I'm wrong. I'm not sure. Um, but they're going to be depending on him to be one of, one of, if not the most important player on their defense for them. Uh, they also have Gabriel Murphy, who's going to be transferring from North Texas on their defensive line. He's expected to be potentially a starter for them. Uh, b- between Murphy and Calvert and uh, Ma- uh, Mausau, they hopefully will have a good enough front seven to get them by to at least pace offenses a little bit more instead of being run over. The secondary does have a lot of uh, uh, seniors in it with Stefan Blaylock and Mo Osling III, both uh, senior guys for their uh, 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 safety position. Uh, Devin Kirkwood, a redshirt freshman, will be one of the projected starting outside corners with Azizi uh, Hearn as one of the other guys transferring from both uh, Wyoming originally and then most recently, uh, University of Arizona. There's there's just a lot of change here, and it already wasn't a great unit. It's hard to think that UCLA is just going to be able to hold teams under 25 points a game, which is going to put a lot of stress on the offense to be consistently throwing up a lot, a lot of points in order to make sure that they're winning these football games. Obviously, the more points you score, the better, but the more points you give up, the worse off you are. And if UCLA is not able to get any stops, 
they're just gonna they're gonna run into the same problem they had last year. This is a team that should have uh, expectations and aspirations to compete for the Pac-12, and right now they're they're pretty decently behind the teams ahead of them with Utah, Oregon, potentially USC. All I would say definitively ahead of UCLA. Now UCLA probably that fourth, maybe fifth team in the Pac-12, but obviously that is not even close to good enough to be competing for the Pac-12, competing for a playoff spot, and competing for a Rose Bowl berth. Overall, defense definitely not that impressive. Looking at the overall uh, aspect of this team, we'll be coming up after this uh, second and final break, so we'll return in just a moment. This is the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. Thanks again so much for making Locked on Sun Devils your first listen every day. Go ahead and make your second listen the ultimate pro football preview 2022. An eight-episode extravaganza to get you ready for the NFL season. The local team experts of the Locked On Podcast Network, plus a betting angle from Lee Sterling of Locked On Bets, all combining for one ultimate NFL preview. Search Ultimate Pro Football Preview 2022 on your Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcast. Check that out, guys. As a big-time Baltimore Ravens fan, I'm definitely going to be making sure that I listen in to my Locked On host, Kevin Ostriker, and everybody else to make sure that I'm completely in the loop on what's going to be going on this year. You guys should be doing the same thing. Overall thoughts on UCLA. This is a very good football team. I, I know the defense is under underachieving, and the offense has a lot to replace. I still look at this team as one of the better teams in the Pac-12. They're very well coached. They're hoping that the defense can maybe get a little bit better with a change of scenery at the defensive coordinator position, or not position, but like, uh, yeah, I, I, I guess position. You, you guys know what I mean. But potentially a new defensive coordinator will be able to kind of straighten things out. Hopefully the addition of Darius uh, Mousau will be good enough to really guide them from the middle of the field and make everything a little bit better and easier on them offensively, I'm not worried about them. They're going to put up points like it's nobody's business. This is a solid offensive line that's going to be powering a dynamic running game. It should rival Arizona State for arguably the best run game in the Pac-12 when you've got Thompson Robinson and Charbonnet who are going to be competing for all Pac-12 mentions and teams this year. You should expect one of the best run games They potentially could have 2,000-yard rushers. I wouldn't bet on that personally. But with Britton Brown out of the picture, that's 615 yards to distribute among Charbonnet, uh, DTR, and potentially Keegan Jones and some other guys as well. They should be able to distribute that evenly. But Charbonnet is, I think, I'll I'll go a little bold here. I think Charbonnet ends up leading the Pac-12 in rushing yards. And I think he'll finish top 10 in the nation in rushing yards. He's, he's a very, very good football player. I would be surprised if he wasn't able to accomplish some some kind of feat along that line. I'm not willing to say he's 2,000 yards. I'm not willing to say he's a Heisman contender. But I do think that Charbonnet is as good as they come in the Pac-12 and at the running back position in general. Could very well end up being one of the best playmakers and offensive skill position guys in the conference. But between him and DTR... That's a lot of rushing yards. That's a lot of time off the clock. As long as Chip Kelly is running a little bit of time, at least take the clock down to like 15 seconds or something. Don't snap it with like 22 to 25 seconds the way that you're so accustomed to doing. 
you're just going to set your team up in a bad position. Like it, it, it works, but it also doesn't work. When, when your defense just does not have enough pieces to really help you get by, you need to accommodate for that. Hopefully that can finally change, but we'll wait and see. Other than that, though, this is going to be a team that's very, very difficult to stop offensively. Regardless of the fact that they're going to be on the road in Tempe, I still like UCLA over Arizona State in this game. I do think that Arizona State could potentially pull off something like they did last year where they're able to drop 30-plus points. I just don't know that this remade defense is going to be enough to stop Dorian Thompson-Robinson and Zach Charbonnet on the ground, especially with a rebuilt front seven. And, you know, God forbid if they can't stop the ground game and UCLA wants to open up the passing game deep down the field, if Arizona State hasn't meshed together by this point, and it will be late in the year, so hopefully you have an idea of whether or not this is something you're capable of doing, Arizona State could be in a lot of trouble. It's going to be a shootout in this game, though. I would anticipate a shootout. I would not anticipate this being a 20 to 17 football game. This should be like a 30 to 35 game at a minimum. I, I'm not counting Arizona State out of this game, but you ask me right now whether I got them winning or losing. I do have Arizona State losing this game. Now, there are, I believe, three more games for us to get into before this series is officially closed out. But for now, that is going to go ahead and wrap up this edition of the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. Thank you guys so much for making us your first listen of the day. Remember, we're free and available on all platforms, including YouTube, if you want to check us out in a visual platform. Of course, wherever you do get those podcasts, make sure you hit like and subscribe and turn on those notifications so you get an update every time we post new content, which is Monday through Friday. To stay in touch with all our content, follow me on Twitter at RichieBrads36. Follow the podcast as well at LO underscore Sun Devils. And until next time, guys, which will be Monday to break down the NAU victory, hopefully, you keep it locked right here on Locked on Sun